Hi everyone, welcome to the new podcast series on racism and xenophobia, which is a collaboration between the Race and Health podcast and the Lancet Voice podcast. My name is Dylan David Kumar, I'm a professor of global child health and a public health consultant in University College London. The Lancet Voice podcast seeks to unravel the stories behind the best global health policy and clinical research of the day and what it means for people around the world. The Race and Health podcast explores how racism, xenophobia and discrimination affect health, particularly focusing on how power systems shape unequal health outcomes. This series follows on from the advancing racial and ethnic equity episode from December 2022, and we'll be picking apart some of the topics from the Lancet series on racism, xenophobia, discrimination and health. I'm joined today by not one but two senior executive editors from the Lancet, Drs Pam Das and Jessamy Baganel. Pam co-leads global health work at the Lancet with editor-in-chief Richard Horton and was one of the lead editors on the special issue. And Jessamy is also a co-host of The Lancet Voice. And Pam and Jessamy are both closely involved in co-lead the work on racism at The Lancet. Pam, Jessamy, in, in our last episode, I opened with the question, what does racism mean to you? And because we, we talk about issues in a very uh, abstract way, and, and racism is often a very personal thing. Um, so can I put that question to you? It's really hard without coming out with a definition, mm. so I'm going to stick to definition because I do I do feel that it is that. Um, but it, for me, it's a it's a system, uh, it's a social construct, and it, that consists of structures, policies, practices, beliefs, and norms that create uh, a form of discrimination against individuals, people who are ba- largely based on their race and ethnic background. For me, it's a form of aggression. I have experienced that, sadly, in different situations. And um, thereby, it sort of denies that individual an opportunity. It disadvantages them. Um, Hi, Dylan. Thanks so much. And it's lovely to be talking today. I mean, I feel a bit disingenuous in that I'm a white, middle-class, very privileged person and I haven't personally experienced racism um but I agree with Pam you know it's a system and it assigns value um based on certain characteristics and unfairly disadvantages people and I think it's about the fact that we know that that's sort of I think Kamara Phyllis Jones describes it as sapping the strength of society that 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 system saps the strength and I completely agree with that and I also think that it's about it's the personal, it's the individual, but it's also on a sort of understanding and exploration point of view, which which feels a bit abstract and, and potentially painful when it's such a human thing. But it's about understanding where we are now. And, I, I you know, I, I love the sort of um, the thought that, that really where we are now, it, it's not based on the sort of three great revolutions of industry, science and politics. It's it's based on genocide, slavery and colonialization, And that until we really appreciate that and we understand the systems that have built the way that we live our lives today, then we can't really do anything about it. So I think that's that's what it that's what it is for me. And I feel I feel quite awkward talking about it almost. And, I, and it's something that I've had to really work at because you, you there's such a human element to it that you want to be able to talk about it personally but then you also need to be able to to understand it from a kind of system base, as Pam says. Can we 
move on to what the Lancet is doing. So the, the Lancet has come up with commitments and specific activities. And can you just tell us a little bit about what the Lancet is doing on racism and xenophobia? We have made serious commitments um, to being an anti-racist organisation. Um, more recently, it was the events around George Floyd's murder in the US and of others um, that really made us look as an organisation at ourselves and um, reflect on that. And as a result, um, we've made various commitments, uh, the major one being to advance equity, diversity and inclusion, first in our research and publishing, in our practices and policies, but particularly in the groups that we work with, increasing the representation of women and colleagues from low middle income countries to ensure that they are very much present and a voice at the table editorially as peer reviewers, as authors and as contributors. We've also issued a apology. Uh, as you know, The Lancet is a 200-year-old journal. Its foundation is on colonial medicine. Some of the work that was published in that time would not be acceptable now. Um, and we are cognizant of that. Mm. And we have made a statement to, to apologise um, for the past. But now we are in an era where we are hoping that we can shape and dismantle those very structures that are preventing millions of people around the world from accessing health, good health for all. So that's one part. Um, another part is an employee-led group. So a group of us who do come from racial and ethnic backgrounds came together, and we are called the Group for Racial Equity. And uh, we've been running now for about, gosh, three years, three and a half years, and it's a fantastic group of employees who are very committed to the issues and also um, holding the Lancet accountable. Mm. And that's really important, as you'll hear from the rest of the work we're doing. Yeah, and I think Pam's given a, a sort of great overview of what we're doing internally. And then I think with that internal, all of those internal activities comes also the external responsibility that we have in our content and, you know, all the other things that we are able to um, have a platform for. And so we've got these three different commissions which have started. They're in fairly early stages, but I think they're all exploring a really crucial part of this. And I think synergistically, they'll work very nicely to develop a whole new body of work, you know, which which you, Dellen, laid the foundation for in your, you know, original series, which we published last year. So we've got your commission, which I'll leave you to talk about. Um, and then we've got two other commissions, one which is more focused on the US and health systems and one that's more with the O'Neill Institute that's looking at sort of global health and global architecture and the power asymmetries there. So I, I think, you know, our commissions are designed or, or sort of have that aim of trying to harness the sort of activity and the energy of the academic community and really translating them into some bold visions that are going to be transformative and so they are a great space for this type of work, I think. And I think we're all really excited about what's going to come from them. Brilliant. Thank you. And, and the commission you mentioned is going to be on racism and child health. And we're just starting now. And this takes a very broad perspective, uh, looking at children across the ages, looking at the families that uh, they live in and across the world. So a global health perspective. And that's just starting very soon. 
So onto this podcast series, and this series kind of looks back at uh, the academic series of papers that we published last year. And what we're doing is we've got seven episodes picking out specific issues from that series. It's a discussion with three guests, a mixture of series authors and other experts. And the first episode, which will be released shortly, is uh, looking at COVID-19. And COVID-19 was quite a good, in inverted commas, example of how racism can play out in many different ways. And what we'll do is, with, with the guests, get into some of the specifics of that and um, you know, differential mortality, uh, who was excluded, who was targeted, particularly in the early days, uh, the idea of vaccine inequities as well. Um, so that provides an overview with the specific topic of COVID-19. We then go on to talk about uh, eugenics. We've got an episode on the history of medical ex- experimentation. Uh, we've got an episode on human biology and the ways it could be altered by racism an episode on populism and politics, uh, one on epistemic injustice, and that's the distortion of knowledge and the silencing of voices. And then finally, an episode on intersectionality. So this series kind of delves into a bit more detail in some of the issues and and hopefully uh, talks about it in slightly different ways. Can I ask a kind of more general question to both of you? What what do you think this podcast series, and and just me, maybe I'll come to you first because... You've been doing this with a lot of points. What, what are they trying to achieve with the podcast series in general? It's a good question. And I sometimes um, think to myself, you know, really what we're doing is talking. We're just, we're just talking. How can that possibly ever achieve anything? And I think that there's a very real criticism there, you know, that it's very comfortable to sit and talk about big issues. And many people who are more campaigning or on the sort of advocacy end of things would say, it's not enough and it doesn't it doesn't do anything it doesn't change anything but i think for this topic um and for many topics you know the lancet has an incredible reach and we do many different things but we are still quite constrained in a very formatted way of disseminating knowledge and that knowledge is a very sort of western way of doing it and in a in a podcast, you can tell stories and you can talk and it's a much freer platform just to be able to discuss things that you wouldn't really be able to get the nuance across or sometimes the joy across or the energy across in a written piece. And so I think that in in the best case scenario, what you can achieve with a podcast is a, a huge reach and a much deeper understanding. And we know that particularly within this you know, for this topic, that having a sort of anti-racist approach is not something that comes naturally or easily to many people. And it's a very uncomfortable space for a lot of people to be in because they feel that you're somehow calling them racist or, you know, that that we're all doing something wrong on an individual level. Thank you, Jessamy. Um, I, I think for me, it's the podcast... I, when we set up the Race Now podcast, it was to reach this wider audience, the, the audience that maybe doesn't pick up uh, journalists like The Lancet, the more academic end of things. And it's to it's, it's also to get people to talk in their own voice, their own way of saying things, mm-hmm. their own intonations of saying things, and to tell their stories, as you said. Um, so we've done that in many different episodes, and, and I hope this, this series will do the same to really get into those topics, to try to understand in more details what those things mean. So thank you very much. Thank you to 
both of you for joining today. Well, I, I think, Dellen, what you're doing, I think what we're all doing is, is fantastic because we're all coming at this issue in different ways. And I think we need different mediums and platforms, you know, be it podcasts, be it, you know, rigorous research, be it the stories that we tell. These are all going to interplay and strengthen in, indeed our, our sort of commitment um, a commitment commitment to change and um, so I, I'm really excited about this uh, podcast series and working with you on it and of course the commission on racism and child health thank you very much Scott.